0: Join Tubi in celebrating Black History Month with the largest free collection of black cinema streaming every day of the year, including exclusive Tubi Originals, Howard High, and Pass the Mic. Tubi. Watch free. And welcome to the Royals Rundown Podcast, a Say It Again Network podcast. If you are a fan of the Kansas City Royals or baseball in general, please subscribe to the podcast. We provide game analysis, previews, reactions, and much more. I am Jacob Milham and joining me as always is the beat of KC, the man with a plan, Lucas Murphy. Lucas, how are you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing fantastic, man. We got a lot of sports options tonight. There's playoff baseball on football's on. So I'm doing fantastic, man. uh, I'm excited to be here too. I really
0: am. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it's, we, we got game five right now going on with the Dodgers and the giants. And I, I really wish it was our Kansas city Royals in the, in the ALDS, but, um, but you know, we'll, we'll get back there one day soon. Well, we're just going to jump right into it. Um, You know, Kansas City Royals baseball is alive and well down in the Arizona Fall League. Um, No, no playoff baseball to be spoken of up here. But some pretty premier Royals prospects are playing down in Arizona right now, led by Asa Lacey, the number 66 overall prospect, according to MLB.com. Um, right now, you know, after guys like Kowar and Lynch and Singer, you know, they really lost their prospect status. He is Lacey is right now the Royals top pitching prospect overall. So he is certainly someone to watch. Um, other prospects down there is catcher Luca Trish, pitcher Zach Hake, uh, pitcher Stephen Woods Jr., infielders Nathan Eaton and Jake Means, and then an all too familiar name, outfielder, Suli Matias. Uh, Lucas, have you been keeping up with the results at all down there in Arizona? You know, I really
1: wanted to pay attention to Lacey um, because I think, you know, he had what I would say is kind of like an introduction to professional baseball this year. You know, I don't want to say that it was a complete bust or a complete just utter failure because you know you got to learn the game especially at the, each level and I think he's doing that and you know it, it's a competitive level at each so I've been I, I really wanted to pay attention to his start and how he did um I've kind of somewhat paid attention to the other guys but my biggest I would say Luca Trash is probably my next one but outside of him it I really really wanted to see uh how Lacey did so yes and 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 no um <laughs> uh because obviously I've been really diving into this playoff baseball. It's just, it's super exciting to watch. So um, yeah, I, I, you know, I was excited to see Lacey get down there and, and we'll talk obviously more about it, but I think this will really help him.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, And for people who don't know the history of the AFL, some really premier names have gone through that route. Um, 60% of the players who appear in the AFL will make it to the major league level and guys like Mike Trout, Jermaine Dye, Max Scherzer. I mean, the list goes on and on for their hall of famers down there. So it, it it is really a good opportunity for these prospects to get some playing time down there. Now I'm, I'm right there with you. All my eyes are on Lacey right now. It's frankly, everyone else is secondary. Because Lacey is the premier pitching prospect right now. And he did get the start for surprise um, yesterday. And he did go two innings. He gave up only one hit with four strikeouts and one walk. He he did all that on 25 pitches, 17 of which were strikes. So command was a little bit of an issue. He had one at bat where he walked the batter, you know, four balls in a row. But outside of that, it's not a terrible ratio for a guy who kind of lost his 2021 season to injury. Um, Lucas, it just just how much do you think that a simple injury in the minor leagues can affect the growth of a player?
1: You know, I think it really could. And um, because, you know, you're you're trying so hard day in and day out to prove yourself. And so I think the injury obviously is physical, but I think it can cause some mental aspects too. like, you know, man, I was really doing well, I was proving, you know, that I earned a spot and I'm working my way up through the system. And then an injury happens and it's almost like, man, am I going to return back to what I was? Am I going to be as productive? Um, And then, you know, I just think that there's a lot more that goes into an injury in that aspect. So, you know, but it also on the opposite end, it could motivate somebody. It could make them want to work harder. You always see those tweets after big injuries from big time players. You know they're like, "I'm gonna come back better than I was." And so, you know, there's two sides to it. Um, I, I would see Lacey kind of being that latter version of, you know, if I get hurt, I'm gonna come out and definitely dominate and prove that I deserve to be here. And and I, the injury didn't affect me in any way. Um, so th- those would be my two thoughts.
0: Fair enough. Well, I mean his team, you know, surprise is doing, is doing pretty yeah. well right now. They're, they're two and Um, they took down the Spencer Torkelson, who is <laughs> the number four overall prospect and by far the top Detroit Tigers prospect. I really would have loved to see Lacey pitch against him. Um, that just wasn't in the cards today, but surprise did take down Uh, Salt River today, 1-0, and then yesterday, they took down um, their opponent, 5-0. So it was, you know, a a couple of shutouts by these pitching staffs is is pretty good, is a pretty good sign for the growth. Um, As far as other prospects down there, um, Means, Eaton, and Matias, they all got a hit in the opening game, um, no other prospect has really registered any playing time. And, you know, these, these AFL teams for folks who don't know, they're made up of multiple um, pipelines from different major league organizations. Um, Each one has, you know, five, five or six. So these deep rosters, it's not saying anything to the quality of the prospect as much as Everyone just wants to get their playing time, and you have to give and take a little bit. We've had all of our top guys really play. Um, Luca Trish is really the only one who hasn't registered a whole lot of playing time, and I am very excited to see what he could possibly bring. Um, but we will certainly keep you all up to date on the AFL updates from Arizona. I mean, I'm I'm all about watching some more you know, getting some more Royals news this yeah. late in October.
1: For sure. You know, I, and it's crazy to think that he made it. Cause wasn't
0: he, he was a part of the draft class this year. I'm pretty sure he was. Yes. He has risen very fast. So that yeah. does speak a lot to him. And
1: and you know, he, he was a four-year guy. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure he was a four-year guy in college. So that would kind of make sense. But Um, you know, uh, one thing I really want to hit on when we're talking about this Arizona fall week, it really, really reminds me of the alternate site that we talked about where we, in in my opinion, we saw really the revamping and the rejuvenations of some of our young prospects like Nick Prado. It gave guys like Bobby Witt the opportunity to kind of just go out there and, you know, it it gave Prado the ability to, to change his swing and start having launch angle and, uh, you know even, uh, you know, a a bunch of other guys were doing the same thing. And so I think it's almost the same, like MJ Melendez too. And I think it's almost the same environment in the Arizona fall league where they do go out and play, but there's just not a ton of pressure. Like, yes, they're showing out, but I'm sure there's a lot more individual opportunities to get with coaches and, and, and get the opportunity to really kind of just engage and play baseball. And there's, that's probably why I think I like this so much. And, You know, yeah, Suli's there, but is there other guys that I think probably could be, you know, using this opportunity? Yeah, for sure. And I think that's what's exciting is you're really seeing some of these guys get that opportunity to just play baseball and just go out there and learn.
0: Yeah, for sure. And we are, you know, kind of parallel to the AFL. We are starting to see some more film come out from the instructional side of mm-hmm. the of the royals house so that is that's really something to keep an eye on in the off season yeah. um you know i i once had a coach say that during or in season success is built during the off season because definitely and these these prospects don't just rise overnight they put in months and months of work and then they prove it on the diamond so but we will we'll watch that very very closely and if you follow us on Twitter at SIA Royal Rundown uh, we'll be sharing clips as we see them and we'll be giving you our breakdowns as well. But I mean fr- frankly Lucas that's kind of the only the new Royals news so we uh, yeah. we get to put on our our Future, you know, looking to twenty (laughs) twenty two hats a little bit more, that that could be a little dangerous for me. I I ain't gonna lie, I I have some pretty bad takes sometimes, but you are certainly a much more educated man than I. No, no, (laughs) I think we're I think we're on the same playing field. You know what? (laughs) I'm I'm all about it. So today, what we're gonna talk about a little bit more is our predictions, or just frankly, how we would configure the infield for 2022 opening day. Now I do want to say that a requirement for this is wit has to be starting. He's the only prospect that has to be starting
1: Bobby Wood Jr.
0: Yes. Bobby Wood Jr. Thank Got you. Yeah, you know what? That's, that's going to be something that's a little confusing for uh Royals fans. You know, you can't just say wit anymore. You're going to have two wits. <laughs> But, Lucas, I would like to let you go first. What does your infield look like?
1: Man, um, so since Bobby Wade Jr. has to be in there, I'm going to say shortstop. Uh, Nikki's going to be playing second. got to get the middle out first. I think Mondesi will be playing third. And Santana would be at first base. Um, and that's going to be my infield. It's, man, it's tough only because, you know, we're, the only reason I say it's so tough is because you don't know how the off is going to go and maybe a, an off season move occurs. And we're not even talking about one of these guys, because I definitely think Wit Merrifield is your second baseman Mm-hmm. and i think in all honesty i know that we're including bobby wood junior but i think that they i've kind of been on the teetering fence for this because i think how the royals have always treated their prospects uh they want to get the full amount of time possible with their guys and i think that they do start him in the minors just to get that extra year or yeah. that year of service but i could also see him just coming out and just being on fire kind of like we've seen uh his his progressions through the minor leagues and he'll be in, in the major league rotation and and, in that infield. And I think that's, what's tough because there's so many inconsistencies with Mondesi, Mm -hmm. but like we've tasted the nectar of what he can even, I mean, we say it every year and it's like, we've felt that we, we know what he can do. And it's almost like, I, I really like him at third base. I really do. I think I've seen enough plays from him at shortstop. And even now at third base that just, still like my jaw drops. And so I almost would have to say Montessi's at third. Um, and I honestly think the one that's drawing the short straw is going to be Dozier. Uh, I just, you know, I think they would much rather stick Whit Merrifield out in right field. Um, I, I know we're talking in infield, but mm-hmm. I think to keep the scenario, you would almost have to keep Wit Merrifield if he stays on this team in this lineup. I mean, he's your leadoff guy. And so that would be my guess, but, it's, this is going to be tough, man. This really is. I'm going to be interested to hear yours because I just think it's so tough because you do like Nikki really just like threw the biggest knot in this entire (laughs) thing because of how he came out and performed at shortstop. Um, And I think that's just, what's tough.
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's certainly a good problem to have, you know, I I wish we had this problem in the outfield, frankly, (laughs) but
1: yeah, um, honestly,
0: it's so I'm I'm just gonna go right off the cuff, starting at third base. I've got I've got Bobby Witt at third base. I've got Nicky Lopez at shortstop. Whip Merrifield at second, and I'm gonna go with Hunter Dozier at first. Ooh, um, I dislike that very
1: much, but I I get it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so fr- frankly, the Do the Dozier and Santana right now are a little. Mm -hmm. they're they're pretty interchangeable. Um, Neither, and it's sad, but true. Neither one of them really moves the needle being in or out of the lineup. Um, I mean, I know Royals fans are going to be clamoring for a Santana kind of rejuvenation. Yeah. But I'm that guy. If, frankly, if if you look at the analytics um, with his age and with what areas of his game have fallen off, it's not looking too good, but I'm I'm not gonna wish bad on the guy just because of yeah. his age. So I I really do want to see Carlos Santana succeed, but I do think that Dozier should start off at first base, just to see what he brings. Um, but I'm I, I'm with you on keeping Whit Merrifield at second base. You have a you have a Gold Glove defender at second base, and you're, you're gonna let a personnel issue shift him to the right field.
1: And that's, that's just where I'm stuck because it's like, we know the commitment to Raul Mondesi or Alberto Mondesi, excuse me. (laughs) And it's just like, I don't know that they would, I just don't know that they have it in them to bench him for what exactly the scenarios that we're putting out there. And I just, I don't see that happening because unless he gets injured in spring training Mm-hmm. I just feel that they're going to plug him in somehow, some way. And I just see him being in the lineup. And that's another reason why I think that they start, you know, Bobby Wade Jr. down in the minors, because we do know that there's about a 75% chance. he doesn't even make it out of the first month without getting hurt. Yeah, And I don't, I don't wish that upon him, but we're just looking at how it's been. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's what they're going to wait for. And then that call will happen. And then he'll be up here um it's just gonna it's it's a t- I mean like it really is it's a tough scenario because you got a gold glove Nicky Lopez if he doesn't win it I, I don't know what's wrong but yeah I mean he really performed and then yeah Whit Merrifield is just as good right there I mean he got yes he's getting older but his defensive ability is really hasn't fallen off um that's just tough maybe you know and I started thinking about this too. I really really have. And this might be a crazy crazy scenario, but what if they start sticking Wit at first, Bobby or not Bobby Wit Wit Merrifield at first base?
0: Whoa, That that certainly be a be a new one. But I I can certainly see that. Um, Cuz he
1: carries a first base glove everywhere he, he goes.
0: He does. So. And that, that that's the that's the best part of having a guy like like Wit Merrifield yeah. Um, I mean, shoot, that would, that would fix the issue and have a good solid spot for Bobby Witt Jr. And yeah. you could still have Mondesi at third base. Now I, I, I do want to clarify real fast, Lucas, in my, in my scenario, I would want to see Mondesi primarily playing right field. Okay. Like playing, you know, 60% of the innings
1: mm-hmm.
0: in, in right field. Now, that might be a little tainted coming off the of season where right field was the revolving door for of sure. the Kansas city Royals, but that's somewhere at least where you can, you know, you can throw Dozier out there. And I mean, he's a little bit of a liability. Let's let's be honest, but he can hold it down. If Mondesi needs a day off or you can bring up an Edward Oliveras for the 19th time, and have him play some right field. Um, I do I, I I do agree with you though, because the the investment into Mondesi is kind of reaching ahead. Um, you, you can only write off so many years as injured or developing or such. Fans have to remember Mondesi was on the World Series championship roster. Yes, he was. Like he saw at bats, you know, and not with Merrifield. Yeah, exactly. So the the guy's been with the organization forever, and frankly, he hasn't made that much of an impact.
1: You know, it's it's gonna be crazy. It really is. And you know, maybe they can find a way if they're if it's in the cards, you know, maybe he has a good year and it's something that they would look to trade him. But then again, we know Dade Moore's commitment to him, and if he has a good year, then that makes it that much tougher. I mean, I get that Dayton's not the GM anymore. I get, I completely 100% understand that, but I still think the final say goes through the, through him. And, yep. um, you know, I really think that there's just a soft spot for him. And, um, I, I just, I still, to this day, I know that I'm kind of going off, but I still to this day, just believe that he just doesn't understand the difference between an injury like a, a full-blown injury and just being hurt. Like being hurt is something you play through. Um, an injury is actually something that you really just can't continue on with. And I just think that anytime he just kind of gets that, oh, man, that doesn't feel right, but I could potentially play through that, someone's telling him or he's telling him, I just can't go, and I, that bothers me.
0: I, you know what? I, I completely understand that Lucas and the, you, you know, me playing devil's advocate most of the time. Yeah. Um, just, just pointing to the hundred Dozier situation of earlier on this year. Um, you know, the, the store, the story goes, what Dozier has said is that an injury and him playing through said injury affected his performance at the plate.
1: And, you know, I I completely understand that too, but I think we were talking about a hammer bone, which I had, uh, if I believe, I think that's what it was, but I had the same injury when I was playing in college Uh and I played through it and it hurt like H E L L. It really did. (laughs) But the thing is, is I still, I stuck through it and it, it did hurt, but over time, you know, I was able to fight through it. I just think that it's, it's different because I wasn't getting paid And I was fighting to stay out there day in and day out. I didn't want to lose a spot I think there was some comfortability with Dozier and he just got the big contract and it's like, you know, he wants to play. I do get that. But then, I mean, he did try to fight through it, I guess you could say. And I, I, I got to give him credit for that, but man, it's tough. You're,
0: you're, you're right. There is, there is that big factor of, well, if I lose my spot, am I going to be able to get it back versus well, I mean they've they've already paid me 40 plus million dollars. But that is, you know, that that's something I I have never played at that level. Yeah. So I I don't know what all goes through that through that mindset and frankly, I know you agree with me on this. I would absolutely love to have someone on the podcast to talk us through that just to see where that mindset's at and and see what folks are saying in the organization you know because maybe sometimes it is coaches or agents or third party saying hey no no hold hold off don't play just uh just kind of hold back a little bit
1: you know and i think to go along with that too i think it depends on who it is like if it's salvador perez and i'm not just saying it because of who he is but it's it comes down to the position that he plays Like it's a significant thing to have a great catcher back there. Who's got great relationships with this pitching staff has great understanding of, you know, what the coaching staff is asking from a play calling, like, you know, signal calling and how to, how to really line up the infield and uh, you know, first and third situations and understanding pickoff moves. I mean, the list goes on and on. And the same goes for even like cam Gallagher. And if you take, Salvador Perez out of his situation, and you plug in maybe someone who's not as comfortable. That's, I mean, we it's noticeable, and I think it's it maybe a little bit different for like a Hunter Dozier just because he really did have a down year this year and he was almost replaceable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think to me, that's why it really wasn't too big of a deal. I guess that Dozier would have just taken the injury, used the time to recover, and mm-hmm. then came back versus like a Salvador Perez who like he would had to have gone on there just so we could get him healthy and get him back. And I think that's, that's the biggest difference.
0: You know, I, I completely agree. And I'm, I'm sure we, we could talk.
1: Oh yeah. Hours
0: yeah. and hours on, on this because there's, you know, you're looking at physical, financial, mental, yep, and that's just on the individual. But yep. before we go off on one of our trademark <laughs> uh, tangents, because it. It feels like I'm saying that statement every single episode now, <laughs> which isn't a bad thing. At least we have educated tangents around here. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of pivot back to a just a general baseball thing. Um, I was I was revisiting the whole issue between the Twins and the White Sox this year, um, where you know the White Sox were absolutely slaughtering the Twins up 11-0 and a guy you know hit a home run off of a 30 pitch um and it, it really got me thinking Lucas what is there a unwritten baseball rule that you don't like
1: yeah i think it co- kind of goes along with that too um i think pimping home runs as i would recall it or showboating um deserves to kind of get a, a pitch thrown at him or really even just that the whole idea of a pitcher like screaming into his glove out of excitement or kind of like staring down the batter as he just struck him out. Or like I said, the home run that you literally bat flip, like all craziness, the bat lands in the first row and you're, you know, doing all kinds of that type of stuff I think needs to be in baseball. And I think it creates more of a fan attention to it. And then also I think it creates rivalries and it also just kind of makes baseball players want it that much more. And I think you see it with some players, other players, it's that unwritten rule that, Hey, I got to follow this. And I just, I don't want to cross the line type of thing. And, um, that's the one that drives me kind of the craziest is just because like, I I get the idea that you're trying to show the other person up, but it's also like creates kind of an inner fire. Like we've seen it time and time again. And um, I don't definitely think it deserves being thrown at, but I get the idea of it. That's another unwritten rule, but, um, man, I love when a, a home run is just absolutely hit to the moon. It lands on there you see the batter just launch the bat and he's doing kind of like a Sammy Sosa to first base. And, yep. uh, that, that fires me up as a fan.
0: It, it really does. And you know, this, this is something I'm passionate about. I've talked to you about it before is fan engagement is key to actually growing the sport, not just getting more viewers on the product. It does help, but getting people interested in, you know, getting their kids in baseball or kids wanting to get into baseball. And that's why I say like the rule that kind of frustrates me the most is that three mm-hmm. Oh, um, you know, if you're there, there's no mercy rule for a, for a reason you're, you're all getting paid money to go out and play this game. You, you take your lumps and you keep it moving. There's, there's, mm-hmm. Uh, more than 160 games left in the season. Just, just keep it rolling. Now I do. I do want to say again, Lucas, you have played baseball at a higher level than, than I have. Um, You know, I, I was, I was that kid out on right field, you know, just waiting on the snow cone after the game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, I was that kid too. I just wasn't. Oh, hey, right there field.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, if, if, if a pitcher is just having a bad game, I'm not, I'm not there to see the pitcher feel better about himself. I'm there to see some home runs. I'm there to see some runs put up on the board. And if Joe Smith from Minnesota wants to throw a 79-mile-an-hour pitch right down the middle, I would want my guy to, to absolutely hammer it. I would yeah. want Salvador, you know, it's, it's one of those things. If it was the difference between Salvador Perez breaking that record and getting the MLB home run lead, would you want him doing it or not? No. Oh, yeah. I, so I, I, like, I think
1: for me too, like, and it goes along with exactly what you're saying. If you're, you do not if you're not wanting to get absolutely drilled like that, then don't put a position player out there to just mm-hmm. lob them in at 50 miles an hour. Like, that guy went up there because he got a meatball pitch and he's like, I'm going to launch this thing. I completely get it. Like that's baseball. Like, and yeah, that frustrates me too, because it's like, man, if you don't want to get like that, then don't sit there and put out a position player. I get you're trying to save your pitching, but then again, don't complain when that ball gets sent out of the stadium because he's throwing 50 miles an hour. And that's BP for those guys who, you know, feast on those like, yeah, that's that's crazy to me that people would even get frustrated.
0: Well, it wasn't it wasn't just I don't even think frustrated really described it. I mean, Tony Larusa was yeah. telling people in the press conference like, "Hey, Twins pitchers throw at my guys tomorrow." I mean, yeah, that's
1: Tony Larusa, yeah.
0: Well, yeah, then that's a whole nother tangent we, we can go off on. But we're going to avoid that for today, I promise, because we just dropped an episode that was more than an hour long, and I don't know how we feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, Lu- Lucas, it's it's just winter. It's going to be slow months for, for Royals news. Yeah. But I mean, do you have anything else you want to add for the listeners today?
1: Well, I I know we were gonna kind of mm, maybe skip over the last pitch or the last go, swing. Go go ahead. But you brought it. You brought some up that made me remember uh, when you oh talked man. about playing little league baseball. <laughs> Am I the only one that remembers the suicide drink after the games? Do you remember what a suicide drink was?
0: No, I don't think I do.
1: Okay, so. I remember after every game, Little League, Little League we all get together and you go up to this concession stand and you're like, I want a suicide. And they're like, okay. And they go to each one of the fountain drinks and they do like <laughs> one push on each one. And at the end, you get every single one of the drinks, but it's in your cup. Oh, man. And, uh, man, I tell you, it sounds disgusting, but it always, for some reason, as a kid, it tasted phenomenal.
0: Well, because you were tasting it with your friends after after having fun at a game, that's that's oh, yeah. probably what you're remembering. Yeah. I, all I'm thinking about is Sprite, Coke, and Fanta mixed together, and I'm you know, I'm my stomach's turning.
1: <laughs> I just remember they always gave us a lot of the orange one for some reason. I don't know if maybe uh, they were just helping us out. I couldn't yeah. even tell you what it was if it was Fanta or whatever it was, but we always got a lot of the orange, and I was like, oh, okay, this make. But yeah, it was. It was all right. I I enjoyed it, and yeah, it was a good good time.
0: Well, heck yeah, yeah no, it was. I remember those days of the Capri Suns and and orange slices that <laughs> game.
1: <laughs> those were the halftime snacks for us.
0: Oh heck yeah, heck yeah. Well, so, I mean, look, we 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 were gonna skip over the the one more swing segment this go around, but I'm I'm gonna say I touched on it a little bit before.
1: Yeah, go ahead.
0: The just like the unwritten rules to baseball are key to bringing in fans and people interested in the product um, presentation is also very important, especially when folks are on their phones for sometimes the majority of the day. Yeah. Um, I just, I just want to give kudos to the TNT team. Um, they revamped their NHL presentation. Um, it shows all of the information you could really want as a fan right there at a glance. Um, very similar to MLB, you know, showing pitch count and who's pitching right now, out strikes, things like that. But on the on the flip side, I do want to note, you know, NBA is kind of having a little bit of backlash right now, uh, because they're somewhat hiding their just basic game information behind that NBA game pass. And I know if I if I had something that was worth, millions and millions of dollars. I'd want to push it as, as much as I could, but you know, I shouldn't be having to click around five or six times just to go see how many points the Oklahoma city thunder scored. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and you know, that, that can turn fans off that can turn people like like you and me just being interested in, in the sport. Cause you know, we, we need that basic information to be educated on what we're talking about. Oh Yeah. So I just I just want to say I'm very passionate about it. There's ways it can be changed. There's ways you can you know make it look fresh every year, things like that. But you do need to recognize the importance of having all of that information very readily available for fans. For sure.
1: You know that's one thing I always look forward to every year in baseball because they always change the yeah. on-screen kind of display on. Ball strike scores, and all that, and I always look to see how they revamp it to see if if they added anything, taken anything out like and uh it's always nice to see the the new stuff that comes out or if it is is it the same it's you know you know what you're getting, but it's yeah. always exciting to see what the, what they present as well
0: heck yeah, did you watch that uh you watch that stat cast broadcast of the Red Sox Yankees wild game this year at all? I actually did not. It was, you know, that was, I'm for, for listeners who don't know, I'm, I'm a nerd, you know, I don't I'm, I'm going to come by it. Honestly. i I love me some numbers, but that Statcast broadcast. It looked like something out of, out of the future. You know, you kind of had a little window in the middle with the, with the game itself, but you had all these numbers on the outside. And oh, wow, you had, you know, velocity and just all these numbers that were once so hard to find they were all right there as the game was going on um and for for folks like me that that was that was pretty cool to see i thought um but i mean we're seeing a little bit tonight on the thursday night football game with the with the bucks and the eagles you know amazon is really leaning into that as well yep. but that that's something it just comes with time it comes with yeah. changing focus um it comes with guys like tony Larusa. Um, leaving Major League Baseball whenever the time is right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is going to be all for us today. Please leave us a like, subscription, or review on your respective platform. If you want to continue the conversation or just support the podcast, give us a follow on Twitter at SIA Royal Rundown. Uh, Lucas, you got a whole brand over there with the beat of KC. Where can they find you at?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, you guys can check me out on uh YouTube, it's the beat of Kansas City. Uh, my logo will pop up and you guys will uh hopefully recognize it and click on there. I got, I've been doing a lot of football coverage lately just because that's what's going on. Yeah. Uh, you can also find me at Twitter at the beat of KC. Um, honestly, that's where I do a lot of just kind of communicating and really my in game thoughts and situations that are going on. I usually kind of will voice my opinions on that. Um, And then the final spot is really a lot of my writing has been conducted through the say it again network. I've been honestly trying to knock out as much as I can. I'm very passionate about writing. And um, right now I just, I'm so hooked on NFL. So I've been doing a lot of writing for the NFL. And uh, the final spot is going to be over at Fan Nation for Sports Illustrated. You can find me at the Royals page. Um, I actually wrote an article on Michael Conforto potentially signing with the Kansas City Royals. So go check that out. I think it's a very interesting um, deep dive into kind of his, you know, Saber metrics and things like that and why he would
0: be a good fit. So
1: um, go check that out. And that's really kind of everywhere I'll be found and uh, the Royals rundown.
0: Yes, sir. Yeah, that uh I do have to say that Conforto piece, it is certainly, you know, it's not it's not just saying basic stuff. It, it really you did a really good job going in depth and it's certainly thought provoking um, for for fans who simply thought, you know, oh, we don't need another outfield right now. We got Michael a. Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: we could definitely have a conversation, you know. Oh, uh, we, yeah. We, uh, we dove in with Kevin and, yeah. you know, I really didn't even, for some reason just didn't, didn't come to my mind, but man, I immediately went to kind of the internet after that and I'm just, I'm super excited for him. And I hope, I hope that that would be an option. You know, it, it, the chances you don't know, but man, I just think he would fit well here.
0: Heck yeah. And I'm, I'm excited to talk to you, you know, get a little bit more yep. of your perspective on the podcast with that for reason. sure. Um, I'm, I'm right there with you, Lucas. I'm really just writing for the Say It Again Network right now and um, Inside the Royals. Um, on Inside the Royals, I did publish a piece, you know, on the opening day of the Arizona Fall League mm-hmm. uh, detailing why Lacey is important and for him sure. seeing success down there is important. Um, yeah, for so for folks who don't know the Say It Again Network, like that is that's every sport over mm-hmm. there. We just dropped all of our nba previews lucas over here is freaking punching out like three or four nfl articles a day i don't know i don't know how you do it i wake up with like four or five notifications like lucas murphy has posted you know <laughs> this about the carolina panthers or this about the kansas city chiefs i'm like i'm i'm just trying to get some sleep here lucas golly <laughs> <laughs> but please, please go go check out the crew over there. You really won't regret it. It's a great content over there. And again, I am Jacob Milham and you can follow me at J on Twitter. That's really the only place you're gonna find me. Um, you are going to see a lot of gifts, not gonna lie, and you're gonna <laughs> see a lot of banter with guys snacks that um, we have uh, been talking a lot, and I think that might, speak to uh, my weight a little bit, not going to (laughs) lie but thank you all again for listening so much and until next time go Royals Join Tubi in celebrating Black History Month with the largest free collection of Black cinema streaming every day of the year, including exclusive Tubi Originals, Howard High and Pass the Mic. Tubi, watch free Join Tubi in celebrating Black History Month with the largest free collection of black cinema streaming every day of the year, including exclusive Tubi Originals, Howard High, and Pass the Mic. Tubi. Watch free.